What is this foolishness? How many dreams can you shape in a minute, an hour? The kind of clean you like best. Lost three of my teeth, too. All right, so you lost. Next time you win. Steamy, hot, hearty, delicious, invigorating. Folks at home, folks at home, welcome to Ike Live. This is a very special Saturday night episode, very unique. We've never done a Saturday night episode, but you know why? Because we have a very special guest in the house. I'm not even going to tell you who yet. Let's start the show, as we always do. A huge shout out to our military, uh, active military veterans, men and women. Thank you for what you do. It's a crazy freaking world. We appreciate you so much. Huge shout out to the military, police, firemen, EMT, all over the world. Thank you, guys. Uh, Let me tell you, this show would not be possible without an amazing lineup of stupendous sponsors that help support this show. Uh, And our number one show, in fact, our presenting sponsor, this is Ike Live, presented by MTB. I don't know if you knew that, Mystery Tackle Box. Mystery Tackle Box. Uh, Man, what an awesome company. It's the number one tackle subscription service in the entire world. I don't know if you knew that. Um, Visit mysterytacklebox.com. Check them out. And I don't know if you knew this, but we're probably the only live web show that does a live unboxing, believe it or not. You're going to see that later on tonight. Also, this show is brought to you by another amazing company, TH Marine. And we have an amazing uh, pro staff member of TH Marine in the house tonight. Man, we're going to be looking at some cool products. I see some on the table. Hold on with us a little bit. And we're going to be checking some of that out. You know, this show is also brought to you by a tackle storage company. you got a lot of shit like me. You need to store it. Check out these Flambeau tackle boxes. They're pretty amazing, pretty unbelievable. And another support of the show. Man, I know you've heard about this kayak movement. This crazy, amazing kayak movement. Kayaks taking over the country. And Hobie kayaks are absolutely the best. If you want to try a pedal drive system, hands-free kayaking at its best, please check out Hobie. And last but not least, look at that. Right there, you know it, the best scent in the world, liquid mayhem. If you're not using this stuff, especially when it's tough, you're not fishing at all. I don't know if you knew that. It also doubles as deodorant and toothpaste. Mystery tackle box in the house. Uh, Let me go ahead and introduce the room because that was a very long-winded sponsor introduction. Uh, <laughs> and sitting to my right, and I know who you're, you're expecting me to say a name. You're expecting me to say the great GP, uh, Pete Glusick. But I'm going to change it up tonight. And this guest is so special that we kicked Pete out of his seat. No more Pete Glusick in the house tonight. Sitting to my right in the position of co-host. The one, the only, my friend. Gerald Swindle, everybody. Oh, Gerald Swindle. Yes. 
Ladies. Jay, how you doing tonight? I am doing good. Ladies, give it up. Give oh, it my up. gosh. <laughs> All the ladies in the house. Hey, don't be hating. Now, don't be hating. I got to tell you, you, you caught everybody off guard with this outfit. You literally walked in a minute before the show aired. Dude, this is, you're going retro here. Busted, Tell me a little bit about this. Straight retro. This is back in the early Tommy Martin days. Wow. You know, back back when they just like had to slip on outfit in the old boat shoes. And I'm kind of liking it. I feel free in this outfit. <laughs> you look comfy. I, you know, my first thought when you came in is I I was it was a combination of what you said, which is 70s Tommy Martin, early Roland, yep. early Nixon. But then you had a little bit of, of a pimp look to it. A broke down pimp. Yeah. A, bro- a new age pimp. Man. A dicky wearing suit pimp. I, I like it. If you're going to be a pimp, you got to wear a dicky. And the socks and the shoes Superman all tie in. socks, yeah. I'm, well, I don't know if they tie in. It's just all I had. Okay. And, of course, the bass patch because <laughs> you have to have that on. The way in. Or they won't let you pass the stage. Yeah, so I'm legal. Okay. If, we, if there's a weigh-in going on tonight, I'm taking my fish to the scale. <laughs> Man, I, I agree. Well, we love the outfit. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking Pete's seat. Oh, it's no problem. Pete, give it up. You look good in that seat. I, I, like I think Pete, you look better. You got trouble, buddy. I'm moving in. <laughs> I've already got my bed. I took a nap since I've been here. <laughs> uh, let me finish introducing the room. And on the couch, cast, say that again, casting couch tonight, Yes. the one, the only, you know him by the giant head size on his shoulders. Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fatty, a.k.a. Wharf. How you doing tonight, Dave? You're looking good. Yeah. Now, you're mellow tonight. You look more mellow than I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm sedated with cold medication. Man. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you got the bug. I don't have a bug, man. I've, just like, I've been like two months. Just can't breathe. You right. Know, wake up every day with a sore throat. Right. I don't know, man. It's a new okay. disease. It's out in Alabama. We call it anobifia. It's spreading pretty fast. <laughs> it's a lot of the symptoms you got. Death is next. Yeah. It's laid out. It's anobifia. Bleeding from the eyes. Yeah. Usually. It's <laughs> anobifia. Okay. Uh, let me continue. And we have a very special uh, packed house in the booth tonight. We say booth. Booth. Here in Jersey. In we don't say booth. booth. We say booth. Booth. And uh, joining us in the booth... You're going to see some amazing characters back here. And the first one, right there, you're looking at him. Look at look at him looking at the camera. He's looking kind of strange at the camera. Brian the Carpenter, a.k.a. Ding Dong. How you doing tonight, Brian? Good, Mike. Thank, thank you for that uh, introduction. Gotcha. Look, you're looking good. Are, are everything okay in the booth tonight? Yeah, man. We're, we're doing good. What, you, so you're going to tell me that we're five or six, seven minutes in the show and we have no technical problems. Um, well, we had a little scare before we went live, about 10 okay. minutes out, right? All right, we, yeah. We did have that. Okay, yeah. but but outside of that, we're all good. We're good. Wow! Okay. I think. I love it. And then, uh, doing IMs tonight, uh, I see two beautiful ladies instead yes. of one. Gee, what I the hell? I got a question about AKA Ding Dong. He's sitting yeah. with our ladies. I know. <laughs> that ain't good. <laughs> no. He's Just, the last guy you want sitting yeah, with your ladies. He's the last guy. <laughs> not liking his nickname where my ladies. Right? No. <laughs> well, Just we, wait till the door shuts. We've, yeah. said it, we've said it before on the show and you know this list. A lot of our listeners oh, do. Oh, there he is. He, Brian falls somewhere below Woo Dave's but probably somewhere above Byron Velvet. So we hey, could honey, be in big uh, trouble. Get in the truck. <laughs> 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 Get in the truck and shut up. We're leaving. Uh, <laughs> two beautiful ladies uh, doing IMs for us tonight. Uh, Mr. Rebecca and Lulu in the house. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. I usually ask this of just Rebecca, but what are you guys wearing tonight? Designers, what are you wearing tonight? I told tonight? you. Target special. Target, Target special. Well, I'm sporting some Michael Kors tonight. Michael Kors? Yeah. Okay, and, and Mr. Rebecca, you look like you're straight from Beach Street. What do you have on tonight? 
I don't know who was. I made you check, Gene. I don't. It was a. It's a. Um, it, it was made at Jacques Pinier. I think it's a shopping center. You people. Jacques <laughs> Pinier. Jacques <laughs> Pinier. Yeah, you people from the south, that's J.C. Penny, but uh, no, it's Jacques <laughs> Pinier. It's a, it's a custom item, tailor tailor made. Wow, Jacques. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, Jacques Pinier. Uh, l- let me tell you, this is going to be an amazing show. I say it every time. Uh, I-, I feel like the energy right now is amazing because I'm running on zero, but I'm more excited for this show than I've ever been before. Having having you in the studio is going to be amazing tonight. Just appreciate you coming out. Tr- truly, truly going to be a good time, dude. It's it's cool to come up and hang out in your world. You know, for me to get off the plane and and ride out. Beck's giving us a ride out. You know. Uh, we compete and we see each other all the time. We're good yeah. friends, but I've never been inside your world, your home, and where you live. And I'm like, so it's kind of a cool deal, you know? It's cool. It's a d- totally different level. Turning off the competition for a second Absolutely. and just hanging out as friends. Just hanging out. It's awesome. Uh, let me remind you there are a million ways to get a hold of us tonight on the show. And we want to hear from you. A very important part of the show is fan interaction. The first one is right there next to your screen. Hit us up on the IM board. If you have any questions or comments, please. We want to hear from you. Hit us up on the IM. You could also hit us up on our social media accounts, which is at Ike Live Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let me announce this now so we can run this through the whole show. But once again, we are doing a, a post tri- – uh, a, a post – what would you call this, Bri? A post. A post. We're doing a hashtag promotion tonight. Where we want you to post a picture of yourself watching the show. And the funniest one, at our discretion, and we're going to pull these up tonight, Dave, as the show goes on. The funniest post using the hashtag WatchIkeLive will win an autographed tournament jersey from G-Man and myself and everybody. We're going to let everybody let autograph it here it. tonight. Don't Absolutely. forget, don't forget, it's always extra credit to have a hot girl in the picture, too. Yes. Ex- get creative. And what yeah. Dave is saying is true. Get creative. If you want to do crazy stuff, we encourage nudity. Uh, we encourage animals, bestiality, anything you want to do, we encourage it. The no, we funny- don't. no, we don't. No, we, we don't. encourage animals. The funniest picture... Of yourself watching the show tonight, use the hashtag WatchIkeLive. We'll win a tournament jersey. How about Charlie Hartley in a thong brushing his teeth with a show playing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> and he's oh. brushing them teeth like there's no tomorrow. Oh. Charlie Hartley can move. Charlie, hit us up. Buddy. Yeah, we know Charlie's watching. Shout out to Charlie Hartley. Please do send us that picture. I'd like to see that. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd take a lot. I want to see that. Uh, give you a quick update on on what's been going on, and, and then I want to find out what the hell's been going on with G. But uh, quick update: lots of shows going on. This is show season. Uh, been on a world tour. Uh, it's been amazing. It's been uh, I think about ten or eleven cities in the course of about a week and a half. Um, we also had an amazing event for the Ike Foundation. I know a lot of you guys out there um, know the foundation, Ike Foundation, and we get. Donations and we support kids found kids groups all over the country. Rebecca, give me an update on that. We had a great event last Sunday right here in New Jersey. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how we did and, and we raised some money for the Ike Foundation. Yeah, so um, we did the Barrington Rod and Reel Flea Market and we sold lots of stuff for um, all proceeds to go towards the Ike Foundation. Did really well with that. A lot of great people came out. We had a lot of donations of rods and reels. 
Um, and we had some great people go online, donate some money. We also had the 50-50 winner donate his winnings to wow. the Ike Foundation. That was awesome. And cool. um, we walked away with some really great money. We've, we've been getting some awesome donations, um, but it's nice to actually have some money in the bank so we can ship the rods and reels. That's yeah, the sh- biggest thing. It's the expensive part. Shipping's, so it's a, shipping's pretty a big awesome. Cost. Shipping's a big cross. Shout out to everybody that supported the Ike Foundation last weekend. Uh, if you want to check it out, you want to see how you could help out, uh, go to the ikefoundation.org, or of course you can get it on my website, which is mikeikinelli.com. Uh, one last thing I want to update you on is we did sneak in. This is going to shock you, Dave, but we had a small. Very small, Jay. Two-day window where Miss Rebecca and I got to sneak away from all the madness. Mm. And, and, and I know you guys do this a little mm-hmm. bit, too. Very short. But we literally hopped on a plane late Tuesday, got to spend two days in Key West, and then flew back yesterday. Uh, but needed. Back, much needed. Back to mayhem. Yes. But Key, I heard you guys went out with Robert Trossett down there. We did. Fish. We fished with RT, and I know yes, you fished with RT. He's the Mac daddy of Key West. Man, what what an amazing guide. Uh, you know, the, the whole key for me was to change pace. Yep. You know, I'm so used to bass fishing. Get out there, do something different. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, I wanted to see Beck pull back on some stuff. You know, yep. we don't get to fish together a lot. So, amazing trip. Uh, caught some uh, Caught some snapper. Caught some uh, blue runners. Um, caught cobia. Did you ever catch cobia, Dave, nah, when never, you guys were down there? Never. Amazing. Uh, Beck, what else did we catch out there? We had some shark. Yep, lemon shark. Can't hear you. What else we had going on? Say jacks. Snapper. Jack. Jack Ravel. Snapper. Amazing fishing opportunity. On top of that, we got to take that catch home with us. And I know you did this, too. We got to take it home. Fresh fillets, oh. took it to a restaurant that same night, and had that cobia cooked up. Oh, man. Amazing, dude. Like, the, the best. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get fresher than that stuff. Just caught. Just not, just not, killed, laid out. Amazing. Not the snapper? We didn't take the snapper. We had so much fish, we couldn't eat it all. We decided we want to take the cobia, because everybody's raving about the cobia. You know, we've had snapper. We've had yellowtail. And they're raving about the Kobe and how good it was. It was. And I'd have to agree. Yeah, we did the mahi-mahi down there. We, we caught a bunch and brought them in and did our own fish fry. Uh, it's the real deal. It, it's amazing. Yep. It, it's amazing. Uh, on an interesting side note, we did see some amazing um, restaurants on Duval Street, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of wild stuff going on, yeah. naked people, Yeah. Uh, uh, transgender people walking yeah. around. Dave's uh, got some stories from Key West. Dave's got some stories from Key West. He's, he still has Polaroid pictures <laughs> yeah. from back in the day. Uh, P- Disposable that, cameras. Yeah, that's back before POV was really yeah, POV. Yeah, yeah, you had to shake it. Yeah, shake he was. It. He was. Dave was doing early point of view. Uh, that's where "shake it like a shower shaker" come from. That's right. That wasn't a rap song. That was the Polaroid. At first. Right. That was the Polaroid. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I did want to uh, mention two uh, things. It's so cool that I don't get you in trouble with your wife ever. Why? No, I didn't. Ryan, who's watching well, I'm now, not even sad. Just that saying. is a whole arsenal of pictures. No, 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 no. Point of view. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about fishing. I'm, yeah. You know, the point right. of view fishing pictures. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Where's these people's mind at? Yeah. I mean, for a lot of That's not even what I'm talking about. But the thing I wanted to mention is we ran into, uh, Beck, refresh my memory, we ran into Gary the Carpenter. <laughs> on Duval Street. Uh, yeah, you have competition down there, bud. 
Dave, you were the only one we didn't come up with something for. We came across Gary the Carpenter. Yes. Legit assigned Gary the Carpenter. Yep. We took that picture. Boom we, uh, we also had Pete's Meat. Yes. Pete's Meat. Is this, their, is this their boondoggle like off, uh, what was that? Pete's uh, Meat. Doppelgangers? Doppelgangers, by whatever that thing is, that thing they look just alike. Yeah, we found we found Trip Weldon one day. Just like him. And Bill Taylor. Did I work you out to FLW outdoors. I need boat number one to move on up to the front. All you ranger boat guys, uh, what doing that triton up? What the hell are you doing up front, boy? Boat 275. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Bill Taylor. Welcome y'all down here to Okeechobee's first ever uh, uh, FLW down here. I need sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. That's what I'm looking for. Y'all fellas have a good day, Mike. Appreciate you fishing with us. We're going to do it. We're going to do no, no tobacco products. No tobacco products. Don't be spitting on the boat. Yeah. Profanity is allowed, but don't let me see you spitting back here. Have a good day, fellas. Boat number one. Boat number two, three, four, five. Let's go to breakfast. Y'all send them out. <laughs> Lightning popping. Yep, they'll be all right. Where, where are we eating breakfast at? Now, if Dave LaFever showed up at this very moment, what would Bill Teller say to Dave LaFever? Boy, Dave, how you doing, boys? Good to see you up here. Uh, you left us, didn't you, boy? Bass, huh? Huh? Man. <laughs> I'll show you Fruit Loops. You ain't seen Fruit Loops, Kellogg's. <laughs> I special kill you. Now, do you think it's a weird thing that Bill Taylor now has to interact with what, what's the MC that's fishing now? Charlie. Oh, Charlie Evans. Charlie Evans. Hey, Gerald, is that strange? Hi. Hey, Gerald, how you doing? Good to see you, Gerald. Good to see you. <laughs> Charlie Evans here. Very Charlie, light. I could, couldn't see you over that mic, buddy. You're down on the ground. Very, very light line. Yeah, Charlie Evans is the only guy I know that you can see his shoes in his driver license picture. Short. <laughs> Short. <laughs> Short. <laughs> Lord, I apologize. I'll be with him starving pigments down there in New Guinea. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so, anyway, Key West was a blast. Key West was well, a blast. Well, we got distracted. And we did get distracted. Where's our medicine at? We might have to do, before this night's out, we may have to do an entire FLW reenactment. Oh, we could do And get it. all of them. We got that Mike Iconelli out here, boy. I'll tell you what. Y'all watch him. What boat number is he? He's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> he can get out for them our boats. Go ahead. He's not in a ranger. He's not in a ranger. Back him up. Put him out last. Dude, it's, it's a running joke. When I fished, and I'm telling you, I'll go back and fish FLW again because it's a great organization. But when I fished back in the day in a Triton, I didn't have to have a pen to write down my boat number because I was butt naked last. <laughs> and then when Marty Stone swapped over from Ranger to Triton, he sat down to meet and got his pen and his paper out. I was like, you're not going to need that. He said, why? Well, I said, you're butt naked last. Sure enough, he was next to last and it was me. I said, told you. You're not leaving here. Turn that alarm off your phone. Yeah, you, you turn that alarm off. You're sleeping in. You're not worried about catching the first 12 locks. You can take that buzz bait off when you run a Triton. <laughs> you're already flipping when you get out there. <laughs> that now is now you're first in line. Down first in line. Yeah. Now I can just roll by. I'm like, what's up, ladies? What's up? Uh, Back wow. it on up. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm just Now, while we're talking about this, though, we asked this to our last two or three guests. Will there ever be a truce between Bass and FLW? 
And you can answer this in Bill Taylor's voice if you want to. Well, I tell you what, I just don't see how this is going to be any truce. Now, we got a lot of tournament dates, and uh, they try to get on Beaver Lake and get one of our 31 events there, we're going to be pissed. <laughs> we're going to Beaver Lake every year. It's going to happen. I don't think there'll ever be a truce. I don't think there's ever going to be a truce. I know there might be, but I'm not sure. Uh, 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 Key West was awesome. Key West is a special place. Yeah, and I it truly is, dude. It's, yeah. I tell you what, you were right on the money about like going there and just getting away. Because when we go, that's what we do, man. We just rent mopeds, and we're not we're not the fishermen no more. You're yeah. just the guy that goes. And, and to jump in the boat with somebody as good as RT at what he does, even though he's looking at you like, well, you're Ike and Nelly. And, you know, when Kevin and I went, it was me and VD. And he's like, you guys fish for a living. But I, I want to learn from him, man. Yeah. He's at the top. of He's the best of the best. So I was almost found myself being a student of the game. And just sitting on the sideline watching, like this is this guy's he's I, good. I did the same thing. This guy, Dave, to catch up, this guy that we fished with RT, he's guided in Key West. He's one of the original guides down wow. there, and he's got it there for forty years. Wow. I mean, forty years experience. Yeah. Won the Madfin Shark twice. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, the amount of experience this guy has. His son's guy. Both his son. One's a freestyle yep. diver. Did you see him? We did. Kid dive, uh, dive forty or fifty feet, no snorkel, no mask, no nothing, just dive down and spear stuff. It's yeah. crazy skills wow. in the ocean. It's amazing. It's such a different mindset in saltwater, you know. And the yeah. one thing that really stood out to me is um, we had about probably a seven-hour, eight-hour day, and the first three hours of the day, we never made a cast. The first entire three hours of the day was solely to try to catch the correct bait, and how critical bait was, you know. And there's a process within itself to catch the bait serious business it's serious you don't monkey around with a bait catcher. no like i mean he, archie was more stressed out about finding bait and catching bait than the fish yep it was the fishing was almost an afterthought but if you had the right kind of bait and they were the right size and you had to have enough then you would be all right the rest of the day. I can't. Day. What was the name of that bait? Was that, was that a Perchit? Perchit? Yeah, something with a P. Yeah, yeah. And you had to have like the exact. He wanted like a three or four inch one. He didn't want a giant one. I mean, I was like, dude, this is a science. It's crazy. Pilchers. It, Pilchers. Pilchers. That's Pilchers. exactly what Get it was. Get him up. The next time you go, man, if you ever go down in the summer when the tarpon are in, uh, we went out with him a couple of times and I was like, I want to catch one of these big tarpon tonight. He took me night fishing and we fished up on the bridge with big topwaters and jerk baits, catching 100 pound tarpon in the dark oh, on a top water lure now you can't hardly land it but you would freak out right? yeah i mean you he pulls you up there and you cast out of that bridge that big spinning rod and you're walking that thing and it, it's train wreck oh my we landed God. none but it was like the best trip ever and then yeah. some kid rode up on a bike and he's hollering off the bridge at rt and kevin and i and he goes hey y'all going night fishing i said no we're going in the morning we're just getting a head start <laughs> <laughs> dumb questions at 12 o'clock at night i mean going night fishing have you no. guys ever got to go up in the bay and fish for the snook and the reds up in the mangroves or anything we I, didn't i didn't do that i uh-huh. didn't do that and i'll tell you what we did is becky and i rented paddle boards which was really cool the one yep. day we were there and we actually paddled around in the mangroves dude the the root systems on those things are unbelievable and the amount of life that lives in those mangroves oh, yeah. is unreal, dude. Yep. I mean, we saw just paddleboard, and we saw a dozen species of fish, you know, birds, turtles. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Now I know you guys spent a little time down there. Yeah, we took we took Dave's uh, 17 foot nitro down there back in uh, <laughs> kicked it back back in ran it through the mangroves about 96, 97. 
We ran it through everywhere, not knowing that you get fined for when you run across the flats and you, you scar it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, we didn't know from New yeah. Jersey. We don't, Two young ding-dongs from Jersey just cutting through the oh Carl. Oh, my God. No, it was no Carl, but we threw <laughs> that an grass. It's that grass you're not yeah. supposed to scratch up. Did we talk about this before with getting set up by the local... Yeah, 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 I don't want to talk about it. No, no, it. tell them, dude. No, so we got set up by a shop. So Brian and I come down. I have a black nitro. I have a black truck. We're dressed all in black. The only people wearing black down in the Keys. And jeans. And Because it is hot. I'm black wondering, leather I'm wondering did y'all not watch the weather? Because we don't own anything. We're not, <laughs> we're, no, like, we, don't, yeah, we live up here, dude. No, for Jersey. That's dark stuff. <laughs> so we go into this bait shop, and we ask the guy where we should be fishing at. So he, he steers us out, gives us, we buy Penny a Penny Camp Reef. And he shows us where, where where to go, and you know this is before GPSs and everything, and we're following the buoys. We get out to where he says to go, you know. I launch an anchor, and he sent us out to one of the national park reefs, and like total Brian's, we're fishing. The the the, the glass bottom boats are yelling at us on the intercom. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, it was bad, dude. You yes. idiots! I no like fishing I, in the state hey, park. Hey, who is the goober and the nitro? <laughs> would you please back away from the reef? Stevie Wonder can catch those. I please had, leave. Yeah, I had a three foot barracuda hooked, and Brian jumped in the water with the water camera and is underneath taking pictures while the guys up in the glass boat yelling at us. It was on, it was, on the intercom. Yeah, yeah it, it was so pretty stupid. embarrassing, man. Oh. Man. But Dave, Dave had a. Uh, we went out. We were down in Key West, and we went out and uh, fished for fish for shark and barracuda out in the, uh, you know, those little mangrove islands. Yeah. And we found this one. We were we were uh, wakeboarding one day and kneeboarding, and we came across this one little mangrove that had all the life in the world. Yeah. I don't know what it was about it. You heard the birds. I mean, you just got near it, and it was alive. There was current running on it. So we came back the next day, caught some bait. We went back with balloons. All we had was a 6.6, you know, flipping stick. Back in 96, that was your heavy rod. And um, like G said, we never actually landed one, but we yeah. had three, four-foot <laughs> sharks, you know. Wow. Spooling us, straightening hooks. Yeah. So Dave jumps out of the boat, and he's going to snorkel across to this island. I'm in the boat. We're hammered drunk at this point. <laughs> uh, we're, not, we're not sober. Shocker. Throw yeah. that in there. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dave. So, uh, so he gets like, you know, he's kicking, going across with the snorkel, and he gets like five feet away from the uh, mangroves because he wants to get up there and see what the hell all that noise is, all the ruckus in that yeah. island. And he just comes up, bu- blowing bubbles, blah, 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 swimming back to the boat like a madman a shark came sh- shot out from under the mangroves in his face and then you know scared the shit out of him wow. yeah I scared the it was shark, awesome, dude. He's scared like, the shit heart. out of me man but it was big dude that's crazy yeah, it was like four or five feet you know when you're close to it that's big in the yeah. water dude dude that stuff goes so far back you have no idea what's living in there dude that goes it yeah. goes forever right. back I in love there. it down there I told you 20 years ago if, if you lived in Florida you probably wouldn't even have a bass rod yeah it, I could like to see him snorkel I'd like to see him go catch those lobsters if you ever get a chance let RT take you uh, during lobster season you snorkel around and you can see them sticking out from the rocks and you I've dive done that. down it with a tickle stick tickle get stick yep it wow. is, it's like sight fishing on steroids because yeah. you can swim and see them and then you got to try to chase them out it's it's now, pretty fun dude do you, wow. tape the, do you tape the hook on the end of the tickle stick we just had the stick. You yeah. had to run them out and then grab them. And I didn't realize they were that fast. And when they would get away from me, they were really making me mad. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. could fly. I heard yeah. guys, they'll tape a, a hook on the end of it. It's, I think it's pretty sure it's illegal. It is. Okay. Shank them. Yeah, and you get underneath them. Uh, my yeah. uncle did that in prison. He's still in there shanking. <laughs> I, anything shank anything with a shanking, I don't I don't roll that way. Yeah. <laughs> Folks at home, don't do Mike that. Mike Shanker, don't do that. Uh, the la- last thing I want to mention about that amazing trip, you know, we rented those paddle boards, and uh, we actually made it all the way to the mouth of the ocean, which was cool. 
And uh, on our way back through the mangroves, we did see something I've never seen before. Uh, for 40, almost 44 years walking his face of the earth, we saw some piapples doing the wild thing in ah. the in the in the mangrove. So nice. it's pretty interesting. Uh, Hold it, on now. Was it a uh, hetero or was it guy on guy? It's Key West. What was it? <laughs> the first time RT took us out fishing and we come back in, they were doing the uh, the Hayden Shuffle. I'll just say that right there on the place, and I was like, huh? He goes, it's Key West. I'm like, huh? Wow. Yeah, right on the boardwalk. And I'm like, he's like, welcome wow. to Key West. And I'm like, mm, yeah. When we were out with RT, we did see there was some uh, was a photo shoot going it, on. It was apparently a clothing shoot. A clothing shoot. There wasn't we, a lot of clothing. So when we pulled up, there was a, a dude with two chicks, topless, and they had a shark hooked. Ask him about at the same time. Ask oh, nice. him about he he tarpon fish in this. Where they moor all the boats out, and these three ladies come out every morning to talk to him, and they were all naked. And I say, like, RT, what's he doing? He goes, Oh, they're strippers here in town. They live on this boat. They come out every morning and say hello to me. I'm like, Naked? He goes, Yeah, I've never seen them clothed. <laughs> wow. Well, I like fishing at Gunnersville right here without the naked people. <laughs> And the sharks and the barracudas and the mopeds, <laughs> all that stuff. This reminds me a lot of Gunnersville. Uh, let me remind uh, you, we want to hear from you. It's going to be a great show tonight. Please contact us. Hit us up on the IM right there next to your screen. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, we brought up Gunnersville. I was just curious what, what, what the deal is with that place. You, you live on Gunnersville? Yeah, we have a place up there. Okay. Uh, it, it's It's... It's hasn't gotten muddy right now, man. We had all those big rains. It's the guys I know has been fishing for. It's been a little tougher than normal because it's so muddy, but they're ripping current. You know, they're having to get it down so every little old rock jetty or break, you know, they're just killing them on it. But usually this time of year they smoke them on an Alabama rig when it's muddy. That's not as good, so they right. have to crank a lot of them. But it's uh, it's still putting them out. I mean, they they somebody caught. Uh, I think when I was at Toho, Matt Lee told me somebody caught one almost 13 up there. Oh wow, that's a pretty good one. That's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Dude, now, uh, you bring up a good point. How the hell does that place survive with getting so much pressure? I mean, dude, every day. Every day. You could go out there on a Monday yep. at Gunnersville. A Monday. Dude, at, at 11 o'clock, and there's 50 boats in the parking lot. <laughs> Leanne, her and I will be going up to our lake place right there over Sebo. We'll go over 431 Bridge. And every boat ramp from Browns Creek to All Reds to Sebo, you, they're parking all the way out on the highway. You can't get another boat shoved in. Not another boat. And the people are just killing them out there. And you can go out and think there's no way they're going to keep biting. They keep biting. I, I, I think it's a very special place. It's, it's fertile. The grass is there. But I think, I think in the last couple of years, there are more people more conscious about not keeping fish. You're really starting to see that. You see a lot of local tournaments go to big fish pot or three fish tournaments. So I'll give some of the credit to the anglers for making adjustments like in the summertime, not having big five fish stringers. They have one fish or three fish, right. shortening their hours. So I think more people are conscious of uh, of the lake, and it, it's helping it survive. Well, what did, did, did you guys buy this house, or was it given down through family? No, we built a small place there. We bought a little place. Uh, it's actually in Blue Heron. It's like, like a camping area, but you buy your lot. Okay. So we bought a lot. It's we a great built, place. We built a big, booming 700-square-foot uh, house on it. Yes, it, yeah, I said well, 700. Nice. What made you choose that if it was so populated? Why not choose a more remote? Uh, because they cut your grass for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know the truth about it, because I, I hate cutting grass. I did that growing up a bunch. And, uh, you know, the way this deal is, it's they take care of your lawn and everything's included in it. Yeah. And so when you come home, it's done. 
Cool. You know, and 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 I'm the type of guy. If I'm going to go to the lake, I'm going fishing. I'm not going to work. Yeah. I don't know about you. If I'm going to if I'm going to go to the water, I'm going to fish. That's uh, that's what I want to do every time. I I tell you, for me, dude, in that list of where I would love to live, if I had a you know a lake house like that, Champlain, yeah. Gunnersville, are always one and two. Since yeah. I've since I was in my twenties. They've always been my one and two lakes. Champlain so. and Okeechobee for me. Yeah. Well, Okeechobee's another good nah, one, too. You know? I, I wouldn't go to Okeechobee. Yeah. I'm going to give you Okeechobee. You can have it. Thank you. The big O. The, <laughs> the roll, big O. The big O. Roland Martin. It's like living at Toho. Son. Son. Toho's on fire. Son. Son. Uh, <laughs> shout out to everybody that attended the Bash University today in Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, had a lot of people at the show today that said they were going to tune in. Hi, how's everybody doing? And Pete Glusick is not here tonight, but he's at the Bash University. So shout out to Pete. Hope you're going to have a good event tomorrow. Uh, Gee, let's let's pop into your flight. How was your flight in today? Did you have good. a good flight? Everything good, good? Good flight. Nobody had gas. Didn't have any problems. I mean, I'm I'm normally the guy that gets dark by the big farter. You know, I, I usually get the big farter. <laughs> Most of my flights, I'm 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 marinating in butt funk. The one guy with gas in the yeah, entire booty plane juice, is stanky, next to you. stanky feet, farting, and I'm like, really? This yeah. is what we got now, all day. Now, this is going to surprise a lot of people, but you just flew commercial like we all did, right? Yeah. You're not, oh, yeah. You don't have a, Brother a boy fly. ducket? I, no I, boy no, ducket I don't, jet? I don't boy ducket them. I don't get around there in my own plane. No I, Dave Smith G2? No, no. You know what Dave Smith said? His wife had his plane used up all the time. I said, what would you do? He said, I showed her who was boss. I said, really? What would you do? He said, I bought another one. <laughs> Wow. That's wow. right. I'll just buy two jets. That way my wife can have her own. Yeah, I flew commercial. Yeah. Yeah. But but funk marinade, that's all you gotta remember. Syphilis. Yeah. We get that a lot back when we're traveling. <laughs> we usually Zika. get a, a Zika, anal biffia, syphilis, it doesn't matter. We get all the weird ones. Me and Leanne, we just stay we get ready for them. We get the weird ones. Did you ever consider wearing the mask? You ever see a lot of the Asian I, people wear yes. that mask? When I Michael went to Jackson. Japan, everybody had on the Michael yeah. Jackson mask. Yeah. Would yeah, you consider Sar- doing Sar- that? I, I I've contemplated it i can't make myself do it i think i'd look like a yeah i I maybe look like a real tool walking through there with that on now i'm going to ask you this this is nothing like wearing a red jumpsuit this is for the ladies in the back watch your mouth this is for the ladies in the back would you can would you consider wearing that mask if it was a gucci or louis vuitton mask would you wear it gold bedazzled oh bedazzled the gems on it i think i'd need fur on mine That tickle your nose. Hey, Leanne and I want to know when Louis Vuitton's going to come out with a purse that holds a 380 or a 9 millimeter. I mean, let's take it to the next generation. Wow. A Louis Vuitton with Gucci a quick, does. Yeah, a Gucci yeah, quick grip where you can just slide the 380 down in there. Seriously. How does if, Becky if know that? If you'll spend 20 grand, Air Mace has you covered. Air Mace? Air Mace, or as we say it in this part of the uh, country, Hermes. 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 What, what you going to do with Mace? <laughs> what, what you gonna do with mice? Apparently you ain't ever sprayed that in the south. I got an uncle who smoked mice. You ain't gonna hurt him. <laughs> you got to shoot him. You you pull some mice out while I live, they're gonna laugh at you. <laughs> Air mice. Oh my god. For three hundred and fifty dollars, the gray bows and arrows will sell you a pistol, and you can handle a whole lot of folks. <laughs> and it don't matter if it's sideways or straight up. When the fire comes out of that barrel, they'll get down. And they'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I, I want to let everybody know, we also, uh, before the show aired, about 6 o'clock tonight, we made a post and we asked all the fans to submit questions uh, for G. And we've got 
hundreds that poured in. So throughout the night, I'm going to be randomly selecting questions. But this is a good one. I did not do that to that animal. <laughs> at no time did I dance with a girl named Jenny Jenkins at the junior high prom and step on her corn. <laughs> Wait a minute. Here's one from Jenny Jenkins. <laughs> uh, this is one that comes up a lot. So I, I want to get to this one. And this, this actually leads into... I think a big misconception that people assume about pro anglers. Um, it says, uh, uh, this is from Irish J42. And he says, uh, what is, what is G doing his off season? What does he enjoy more, hunting or fishing? So I think what he's saying is, you know, are you just hanging around in the off season or you're just vacationing? You guys are yeah. just hanging I'm out. I'm eating Captain Crunch, sleeping at 10 every morning, getting up, drinking Kool-Aid. Uh, no. It's a running joke between us, but, yeah, it, but you've been busier than shit. I mean, it's we did not get done with the season this year. I got home on November the 7th, you know, and uh, didn't try to sneak in time hunting because – we joke and say I have to catch them to be able to afford to hunt. So uh, Leanne and I went and spent about 25 days in Illinois in our camper and then back home to hunt some. But in between then, we're doing shows and, you know, reordering boats and getting stuff ready. Yeah. But it's it's not the downtime, I think, that people think when you go home. And right. It, it just, it, and, and to me, I get depressed. I Leanne and I were laughing. We spent the last two days at the farm. And, and when I come back home with my bow, I said, I, I sit down with my bow out in the woods and we started mourning. And she looked at me like, you did what? And I'm like, it's over. You know, uh, it's back in the real world. Yeah. It's just not a lot of downtime. Yeah. It's busy. I don't think people realize it. And Dave, you came upstairs uh, right before the show. And I literally walked in from driving back <laughs> from the Harrisburg seminars. And I saw the look. You're looking at me like, damn, you're looking, you're looking haggard. And I feel haggard. And and you were you were you were saying, dude, it's a tough life, right? Look looking at it from your perspective. Yeah, I, I t- what I told you was, I was like, I couldn't do it. Like, yeah, I look at a lot of professions, and I'm like, yeah, I could I could I could do that if I yeah. set my you know my mind toward it. But I, looking at what you guys do, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be away. I couldn't put the time in. I don't possess one tenth of the motivation to even do it. Like, it, it's true. It's 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 inspiring. That's low T, buddy. I couldn't do it. That's nothing to do with testosterone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I I just couldn't. I couldn't do all the travel. I couldn't do all the running. I couldn't yeah. be a part of the rat race, pressing pumps with sponsors. I just couldn't do any yeah. of it, man. I mean, you you gotta you gotta really you gotta love it. You have to be passionate about it because it's it, it's tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of grind to it. There's a lot of grind to it. And for me, and we've had an on, honest conversation about it. Um, I don't envision myself fishing until I'm seventy. I, I look at some of these guys. We talked about it at off Stur- the record Sturgeon a few Bay. times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know we were beat down. Both of us beat had down. strange odd seasons. We yep. were both right on the bubble at the end, stressed out as hell. And I I can't like close my eyes and see myself doing this for another twenty years. I, I really honestly can't. It was funny that day because we stood there leaning back against your, your Toyota truck, and you were looking at me, and you're like, "Dude, I'm done," and I'm like, "I'm done." The funny thing was, we knew one was in the classic, one was out. We knew we, we were, were right be, there. But yeah. I think the look in both our eyes was like, "It doesn't matter. I'm done." Yeah, I'm done. I, you know, and I, I, that's what I don't think people see what it does uh, to you physically and mentally, man. I think Leanne sees it more when I'm home. It, she sees maybe I'm not the same person I used to be. I'm not. That, when I go home, dude, I'm not. I'm not that outgoing of a person. I'm, I mean, we we live a pretty private life. We go to our farm and shut the gate. I, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that just the wear and the tear on the road, the grind. Like you said, it's the grind every day. But 
One thing about fishermen that people don't know, they're probably the most driven, motivated people you've ever seen. They're, yeah. they're very self-motivated. They set that clock and get up. They're not snoozing every morning. And yeah. I think that's the part that you can't – you just grind. I mean, I'm, I'm like you said, you come in tonight. I'm at your house. You walk in. What's up, bro? Let's do the show. I'm leaving in the morning. I'm at Puerto Rico for Lear. Then I'm back in Lexington, Kentucky. Then I'm at Bass Pro Shop. You're next weekend. I mean, it's a nonstop it's circus. Crazy. It's crazy. All the way up to the classic, you know. Stan Janik. I heard that. It's crazy. Now, I, I, I want to, you know, as we're talking, I'm thinking about the stress and the bad events from last year and missing missing a cut by ounces, missing, you know, uh, having a fish on that gets off. Missing ha- the whole bite. That, the whole know, bite. Having totally a, having missing a tournament it. When you come in and you sit in a mirror and you're like, I don't know. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with I, I, it? I'm, I, I don't know. Uh, well, help with my wife. I can tell you that. I because I'm, I may be laughing on the outside, and, and you know, you and I have known each other for a long time, and we know each other in several different ways, professional way, on the water, but we talk a little bit, so you, we kind of know the mindset. And I may be laughing, dude, but there's times when I'm, I'm, I'm pissed, dude. You're I, boiling I, inside. I don't, I do not like missing the deal. I like catching them, and uh, to walk in the room, and your wife's sitting there, and you're 20 hours from home, and. It's uh, St. Lawrence River this year, dude. I just didn't have nothing. I mean, I'm like in butt naked last place, and she's looking at me. She goes, what are you going to do tomorrow? I, I I don't know. Yeah. I really, really don't know. But I know in the morning when that clock goes off, i got to fight my way back out of this. But to come up short, dude, if you're driven and you're the type A personality, those are weird battles for you yeah. to come up short and walk away. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then then get to the end of the season, and you find yourself on that bubble, you know, and you're on the stage at Bass. You're like, well, well, this could be the tournament. No, no, this wasn't a tournament, dude. You know, I had plenty of days this year. I just didn't get it done. So yeah. I don't want to bring it all down. Oh, it comes down to one day at Sturgeon Bay. No, it didn't. It comes down. I didn't catch crap at St. Lawrence River. I drove my butt out to California and jumped them off like I had no tomorrow. You know, those are what I'm looking back at. And and. And I can honestly just man I'm say I I don't think I fish well enough to go to the class. Yeah. You know I would love to go. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But in my heart I knew you you didn't fish like a champion this yeah. year. You had some tournaments when it just wasn't the effort wasn't there and wasn't any of that. It just didn't click. Yeah. I had a, I had a our seasons were mirror images from last year. Yep. Uh, I I actually want to bring it back and Leanne I want to I want to get you on this because I know how. I, I I live with Becky and deal with Becky all the time, and I come back, and I am um I'm pissed and I'm frustrated and I have to recoup, and I know how Becky handles me in those situations. I don't know how she does. I I don't know how she does either. Leanne, I want to get your. How do you handle G when he comes back and he's had those rough days? What's your strategy? You know, you, you talk about your wife here, and, and I think about her a lot and how she handles those situations. And we've talked behind you guys' back a little bit. I don't know if you guys know that. I appreciate that. I thought that. my ears were ringing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard something. No, I mean, uh, he knows that he can vent to me about anything. Most of the time he doesn't. Um, you know, I just listen. I listen, and I, I used to try to fix it for him, and it doesn't work. It seems to make it worse. I let him have his time, let him have his space, let him vent a little bit. He knows he has a certain amount of time, and then he's got to let it go. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it wants to or room. not. I mean, he's just got to <laughs> he's got to race it out of his mind and uh, and just move on to the next one because you can't carry it on with you. you can't you can't go back and you can't change it. So uh, you just let him have his moment. You let him have his 24 hours, and then you say, okay, that's, suck it up, buttercup. That's it. I mean, Time we have to a, move on to the next. We have a 24-hour rule in yep. our family that it, it, if I stumble, 
uh, and I mess up, she'll just say, you got 24 hours to say and be as grumpy and mean as you want to be. But when that 24 hours is up, it's done. And 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 lesson to be learned there is it's Gunners for I had high hopes of winning that event. You know, I, I, I felt like I knew what I was needing to do. And, dude, I just didn't do it. I mean, I don't know if you choke, you just fish too fast. I don't know. But on day two when I loaded it up, I ain't caught nothing. I mean, I ain't caught enough to make a fish sandwich. And she's <laughs> looking at me, and she's like, you got an hour and 40-minute drive to get that Coliseum. And when you get there... I want to smile on that face, yeah. and you're going to face everybody. So she had an hour and 40 minutes that she knew I was done. Yeah. But she was setting it out there. Don't don't carry this bad attitude over to the fans because they didn't do nothing. Right. You, you had nine hours, and you didn't get it done. So you got an hour and 40 minutes. And it was funny because somebody pulled out in front of us on the road going back, and she slams on the brakes. And I'm, like, wanting to jump out there and whoop them. I'm like, I'm just going to shut up because I'll probably get out and get whooped here on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> we had caught two bass and got a blackout. It would be hard to explain to Mercer. <laughs> I got a question for both of you guys, and I don't know if it's something you can even answer. Is there a way to articulate how you get past the self-loathing after a bomb of a tournament? What do you do to turn the switch to the next one? Yeah, that's a great question. Without wearing you down. Yeah. Well, I can tell you um, early in my career, you know, in the beginning, it was hard for me. And you talked about the 24-hour rule. I freaking love it. You know, that's a great that's a great strategy. But, dude, it would, it would stick with me, Dave, for weeks and months sometimes. Um, but you have to forget about it. You have to get rid of it. You know, for me, for me, one of the things uh, that I do – and I'm not, I'm not saying it's the right thing, but I, like, really, really let it out. But once it's out, then I feel like I can go on with my life. You know what I mean? So, you know, that an outburst or however I, however I let it out, just let it the hell out so it's not bottled up. But once you let it out, then I could kind of go on with my life. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's the right way to do it because there ends up being some holes. No, There's yeah. some holes in the wall that shouldn't be there. There's an occasional broken rod laying around. That's not yeah, that's not right. But you I know, think you got to find her out. You got to figure out where that is, where that vent is, and, yeah. and how do you relieve that pressure where you can? Because if you don't, man, you leave that tournament. I, and I'm a firm believer in this. If you leave that tournament looking in the rearview mirror, guessing what if, what if, what if, there's a pretty good chance you're going to hit something head on going to the next one. So I just try not. I mean, as silly as that sounds, I try not to look back and second guess everything I do because. I'm an instinct fisherman, and and if I ever start second guessing my instincts, I, it's trouble. Yeah. So I don't leave there. I don't leave St. Lawrence going, man. If I'd have just listened to my instincts, no, you know, just it's over, dude. Yeah. Shake it off and move to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, and that's a great strategy. Uh, so I, ahead, conversely to that, both you guys had at one point super dynamic seasons. What was the difference in those seasons versus last year that was terrible for both of you? Not much. I'm going to be honest with you. I think there was tournaments last year I fished better than I did when I won Angler of the Year. Uh, I had tournaments when I felt like I could win. Uh, and then I had tournaments when I felt like I belonged back in, in the Bass Club. You know, uh, there, there, But there's really not a whole lot of difference. It's when not. you look at it, it's a fish here and a fish there. It ain't something catastrophic that goes wrong in practice. Even the tournaments that I wasn't on them. I had the opportunities to be there, but it was like crazy bullcrap luck. I mean, I snagged three in the nose on a drop shot at the St. Lawrence River, and they were all over three pounds. What the freaking odds of that? <laughs> that then I hooked crazy. like four in the back with a jerkbait. Any of them fish, I go to the Classic. I go to Sturgeon Bay, and I'm like hooking them outside the back. And 
I, I look back and I'm thinking it's really not that much like it uh, that Havasu. Right. There were some opportunities there. I didn't even get paid, and I'm like, you, it was stupid. I wasn't on nothing, you know. And I go break a big one off in a tree, and I run and lose a big one in the reeds, and then I try to throw over the reeds, and I reel a four pounder all the way the boat, and he tangles up on one stinking reed and breaks off. That's a ten thousand dollar bite, but it could be a, a season changer. That fish yeah. hits the carpet. You don't leave Havasu with your head down. Yeah. You don't leave Havasu in 72nd place in the points. All of a sudden, you're, it's a different game. So I think this, the difference between the seasons is hard to even be measured. You fish harder. You fish smarter. You do better things. But it just seems like when it's anger of the year season, dude, if you need a three-pounder, you catch a six-pounder. Yeah. It's it's very minute. The differences are so minute. You know what it's I mean? It's very small. Dude, it's a cast. It's a fish. It's a fish catch. It's really the difference between making it and breaking it. It's it's interesting it's, because this sport is like that. It never changes. Never you know? changes. I've had changes. tournaments this year where I finished like 25th and come in and told my wife, I fished the winning tournament. Yeah. It's as good as I could fish. Never lost a fish. Never missed a fish. 100%. You can't never do that again. Yeah. You know, but then you have tournaments where you couldn't catch water with your bucket. You're just done. Yeah. So yeah. you don't you don't know what the deal is. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So minute. So minute. I you know I got to tell you something though, and and I'm I'm not trying to inflate you because you're already inflated with this red suit. I love it. But <laughs> it is pretty hot. I I want you to dive in this a little bit. Uh, you hear me say this all the time, Dave. You heard me say this a million times since the top rod days. I talk about this thing of fishing the moment, right? Where you're you're fishing what's in front of you. You're letting go your history. You're not listening to the shitty doc talk. Yep. You do that better than a lot most dudes I see on tour. You're you're in the top five of guys that fished a moment. How do you how do you keep doing that? How how do you stay in that mindset to just fish the moment every time? It's the hardest it's the hardest part of fishing I've had to overcome. I don't know about you, but it's like to put your boat in the water and take a marker and just scratch practice. And say I'm done, but to trust your gut instinct enough on blast off that you say that looks really good and I'm going over there. Yeah, that's the fine line between an AOY and a 42nd place in the points. Yeah, because when you're truly in the moment and you've got that much confidence in your heart, it doesn't bother you to do that. Right. So I think trusting yourself to to me, and I really have to watch that. My, like I'm telling you, dude, I battle it because. The more I think about it, I'll be fishing, man, and my mind will be looking over my head going, hey, look at that tree over there with the wind blowing on it. And I'll be like, no, fish right here. you got to get five, and you can make the classic. And then you're, this little devil's going, hey, there's some birds over there diving, dummy. You want to go over there? <laughs> yeah. That's what you battle, man. And I just have to come to when I put the boat in the water, I'm like, this whatever feels good, I'm going to do it. And it's so funny because your marshals are like, got all these great questions. They're like, hey, why are you here? And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Bird. I seen a bird. <laughs> some wind. And did you catch him here? And I'm like, I don't even know where we are. You know, I can't tell you how many times I'm like in the tournament. I'm like, that guy be like, Hey man, what creek are we in? And I'm like, mm, Not sure. You're gonna have to look on that GPS. He goes, Well, did you come in here? Nope, never been in here. Yeah. I think when you're doing that though, you believe so much in yourself and not the doc talk, and it's not hype, and it's not some conceited cocky dude looking in the mirror going oh i'm the best bass angler in the world no you're a guy that's got a rod and reel that goes i can catch him in any situation at any time yeah and to believe in that guy is the fine line so many people say they can fish the moment 
But you drop five grand and you let all the hype get around there, and if you ain't careful, you'll go right over to where you had three bites and you'll fish around and around. Keep staying there. Because you don't want to go in zeroed. And I've told him, I said, I've zeroed one angler a year. I've weighed in in front of 24,000 with nothing. It don't bother me anymore. Yeah. You can kick my butt all day long, but I'm going to try to fish what I truly believe in. Yeah. There, there's got to be something that we don't understand about dialing into the right guy, to the right voice in your head. Because you've is. both had seasons where you have dialed in. You've had tournaments, the classic, where you dialed into yeah. that right voice. Yeah. And then you have the whole seasons where you, that the voice is wrong the entire season. Yeah. You know, there's, there, there's a bridge there. Confidence, man. Yeah. You'd love to have that. You yeah, know? It's a confidence that thing. Is. When you when you believe in what you're doing, your confidence is so strong. And, and I've had people question, they'll say, well, man, how do you know all your decisions are right? And I'm like, most of them probably aren't even right. But if I believe in them hard enough, I can make them seem right. And that's the key. Yeah. It ain't every decision I make's not right. I can promise you it's not. But if I fish it like I think it's right, you're going to be surprised when I leave there. You're going to think, God, that was smart. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, it's pretty dumb. I caught the only one here. <laughs> but you believe in it that much. Yeah. But when you make those decisions and you pull in there, and as soon as Mike puts your tournament around, you start thinking, oh, God, this water looks bad. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't, uh-uh, that ain't good. Yeah. You need, to, you need to put it down and say, if there's one bass here, I'm fixing to catch him. Yeah. Do you think uh, – I get this all the time. People ask me, do you think Major League Fishing, fishing MLF, has that helped you fish the moment more? I, I, I don't know. My, I, I first, Marty Stone, my old roommate, used to tell me, man, MLF's made for you. MLF's made for you. I don't know, man. I, I'm not big on that that score tracker update and somebody in my face and a cameraman that's butt that smells like cottage cheese waving around in front of me and his tank and a 16 foot boat and we're all bumping genitals out there and sweating. I'm not about all that. I'm really like I cut up with you a lot here and I carry on, but in a boat, man, I'm actually pretty private. When I fish, yeah. I'm a pretty quiet, laid back. So to get all that disturbance around me, I don't sort it out very well, man. Right. I really don't. And when that score tracker's like, score tracker update, score tracker, Gerald, you don't have a fish. Well, no crap. I can keep up with that and I don't even have an iPad. <laughs> so I think the distraction for me there actually might keeps me from fishing the moment. I yeah. truly do. I believe when that score tracker starts dinging, you automatically start thinking, what have, what have I got to do now? You know, Brandon Pollock's out there beating up on us. Oh, he could be catching deep. Oh, he could be. I don't even, and if you'll watch some of my tournaments, like the first two rounds, I'm just chasing geese. I don't even know where I'm going. I, guys catching them, and I'm trying to figure out what what I need to do. And by round three, I'm like, all right, screw it. If I don't catch some, I'm going home. And then you'll see me automatically go to what I believe in, and then you know start making these crazy comebacks. It's because I quit chasing the moment. I quit chasing what they were doing, and thinking about it. You know, but that distraction, I don't do well with it. You, yeah. you might, I, I don't. I, I actually hate. I, I'd hate that part of it. And I, I hate try. It. I try so hard when I'm fishing the major league fishing. You know, like, you put your fingers in your ears and you're like, la, 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 la. I'm doing that mentally as he's giving me updates because I don't even I don't even want to know. I would know? like for that to go away. I don't even like watching that part of it. You oh, know? they love it because they, oh, they, they love watching it. it. I don't like it. Yeah, they yeah. know that when he keeps looking at me going, hey, Gerald, Squirrel Tracker Uptrade is uh, you have zero fish. <laughs> yeah, my hands don't stink. I know that. And then they hit you with that stupid question. What do you think Jason Christie's doing to put that weight on the board? I don't know if I did. I went over there, dummy. You know better than me, you know. Distractions, I think, dude, is what make you fish. Fish when people talk about fishing the moment. I don't. I think we think as a, a angler or athlete, whatever you want to call us, we think that's getting in the boat and, and I, you fish the moment. 
I think when you truly fish the moment is when you have the ability to mark out the distractions, which means you only have one way to fish. Right. I don't think you choose to fish the moment. I think there's nothing there cluttering your mind. Right. So you just kind of float. When I get truly distracted on the water, man, I can't do that. And, and like day ones of tournaments, sometimes I struggle so bad because I've got so much going on in seven or eight different areas. I got distractions. Yeah. But on day two, I'm like, okay, this is the only way I've got left. And then you'll see that guy kind of settle in and take off. And yeah. I think Van Damme's been a great one at that. You watch that guy, man. The longer the tournament goes, the more he settles in and fishes his gut, and the harder he gets to beat. He's yeah. like a good boxer. You leave him in a fight long enough, he's going to hit you. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I, to me, it's removing distractions and fishing with an open mind. Yeah. It's not truly getting in and just fishing the moment. Yeah. And that's hard to do in big tournaments. That's big, hard to do. Big, hard. The Dude, you do it great, man. I mean, we go to the classics year after year, man, and I see you rise uh, in some of the big events when I struggle the most. And, and from my perspective, watching you, dude, I, I, I got nothing but respect. I mean, that's a lot of chaos around the classics. Yeah. A lot of chaos. Yeah. You know, and to mark all that out and, and to talk to those dogs like that, I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm thinking about a sponsorship like Milk Bones. Oh, Milk Bones! Wow. Oh, for- <laughs> if anybody's watching tonight that's affiliated with Milk Bones, we need them. Please contact the yeah. Ike Live Show. Uh, I'm going to go to the booth, uh, Brian the Carpenter. I'm going to head back here to the booth, uh, Miss Rebecca. Uh, do we have anything coming up on IMs? Let's do a little catch up here. On questions and I am. So what do we got coming Spe- through? Speaking of um, sponsorships, yes, people love your dude wipes. Oh, sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody early on <laughs> had um, a funny comment. I'll never find it now. But yeah. uh, Leanne and I got a kick out of it. Dang. So they thought that um, who was it? Uh, Jacob Wheeler should be sponsored by Massengill. Mm. Oh. Yes, yes, fresh. Wow. Yes, summer breeze. Wow. <laughs> summer breeze. Why is she getting hit like that? feel good. <laughs> All right, so here's another one that um, always everyone always wants to know where City Limits Fishing is. That's like a constant on the IM feed with Mike. But we're getting you. What was your What was your show, G? The Garage in the What was the uh, G Man's Garage? G Man's Garage. Uh, yeah, well, that was with. The, and what was the uh, Bass Tech? Bass Tech. Bass Tech was yeah. a great show. Yeah. Oh, Bass Tech. I was love cool. Bass Tech. Yeah, they I were, loved it. You could wear those coveralls. I could have. Yeah. yeah. I could. Let me tell you what you can do in these coveralls. You can play an away game of pocket pool and won't nobody know. <laughs> <laughs> you have got room for days. Yeah, that was when Loudmouth Bass was on and Loudmouth yeah. Roger was on. It was it was a good block of shows. Yeah. All right. Note to self, uh, Dude Wipes has made some appearances in the Mystery Tackle Box. Come on. Yes, they have. Yes, that's a yeah. senseless sponsor plug. Nice. Wow. And I like to say, ain't no honey like a happy honey. That's a clean honey. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Friends don't let their friends fish dirty. <laughs> I am not rolling dirty. Now, speaking of dude wipes, this is a. We might want to talk to our very own Brian the Carpenter. Why, why's uh, that? Oh, geez. Let me tell you. Where's the strangest going? thing? I know. I'm gonna tell you where this going. Strangest oh, okay. thing in the world. I fish with a lot of dudes, and when nature calls, you just go. You figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Off the side of the boat, you go up on the bank or whatever. Brian has stage fright on. 
pooping in the boat. Oh. He won't poop on the boat. He's got this weird state. Clams bike. up, eh? Do you think dude wipes would help him get over his maybe, fear of pooping Maybe on the we boat? should get a relaxing agent where you can just kind of like calm the moment, like lay it over the backside. <laughs> maybe Mike would pull up on the bank instead of trying to <laughs> hey, make me hang I my can't, ass no over time. the side of the boat. we got a limited practice period. I can't be wasting time I, putting I, you on the bank. I had a co-anger this year, a marshal this year at Chesapeake Bay. And yeah, the time, he's, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's he, here. Is he, is he the one that tried to take a picture of me taking a poop with a 35 millimeter camera Whoa! with a big? Yeah. Hey, and follow me, me up in the no, follow me up in the woods with a big camera. Whoa! Said he thought it'd be funny. Oh! I said I think it's kind of weird, and I got my pants to my ankles. <laughs> and if I don't get this out of my stomach, and the tide was down, and I was fishing by the ramp, you talking about a man Why in a pickle? Wow! Hey, you I'm can't make him. that up. I come in and told her, so you're not gonna believe this. This dude tried to take a picture of me dropping the deuce out there in the woods. <laughs> And I said, I had to run up in the kudzu with shorts on. You know how I got cricket? I mean, it was a bad deal. Yeah, but <laughs> rule number one, never do anything around someone with like a fancy camera with like a sniper scope on the end yeah. of it. Because that, that, that's their that's their life. They're taking pictures. Yeah, but it. where would that photo end up? Like, where could where You're going to blog at to bass? That's oh. on the dark web. Yeah. That's, on, that's the on the dark web. Swindle's checking a new waypoint. Yeah. <laughs> Side imaging says that there's a couple of humps up there. <laughs> Side imaging is marking a big log. Yeah. Right there. Oh, I mean, God. I come in, I was like, this was weird. Yeah, it's weird. This guy wanted to take a photo of me. That is strange. Yes, I get the, I get them. Making memories. Making memories, baby. Huh. I get them. Man. That's... I just look and grin. I'm like, whatever. That's strange. That's strange. Back, what else we got? There's Maybe. probably a lot, but <laughs> a little... We're not afraid to answer these questions. No, I, I mean, we can make them up. Politics, marriage, it doesn't matter. I already said politics are off limits. We no, me and Mike's going to run for president. I want to be president. Mike can be the vice president. I'll be vice president. Oh, so so describe the, uh, what is the maintenance wipe? We've the got maintenance that wipe is when you're when you're working during the day and you feel like there's been a a spill on aisle four. Uh, you're not so fresh? You're not so fresh. Yeah. Okay. You right. call it a maintenance wipe. you got to stop pulling a little maintenance on the back nine. Yeah. You can't you. be fishing dirty. <laughs> and I'll pull a maintenance wipe. I don't care if there's 30 people following me. I don't care. Maintenance wipe. Man, I, I actually... I'm, I'm so looking, do you cut the pockets out of your, your pants so you can just... No, the I drop them or? down let everybody get a good So look. are dude okay. wipes like drier than a regular... Because baby wipes, they're too wet. Are baby wipes, wipes right? are too wet, but now dude wipes has aloe. And I don't know... Aloe's in everything. It's supposed to be good for you, so it's got to be good for your bunghole. <laughs> I mean, it's on everything. There's aloe in your meat you eat. You know, aloe this and aloe that. Oh, aloe. That's got aloe in it. Vitamin E. It's not as wet. Uh, doesn't have quite the baby smell. Flushable. It's flushable. It's oh, flushable. That's and, cool. it, and it comes in an individual pack, that you know, key. where you can like put a couple in your pocket and scoot to the airport. Because yeah. you never know when a game's going to break out in that place. Yeah. <laughs> Those thirty thousand feet flights can turn some stuff loose. Mm. Gee, did you did you seek out this sponsorship, or did they seek no, you out? No, they actually uh, sought us out. Uh, wow. Found a clip online, and it was funny, Beck, because they sent them to me, and they're like, we want you to try our products. And I was like, listen, I said, I don't know a lot, but I know a lot about wiping butts. And I said, I'm a wipey expert. I can tell you the ones that break you out, make your tank like red as this jumpsuit I got on. <laughs> and you get you some of them Cordell wipes, let me tell you something. Cottonelle, you can't get enough. Oh, my God. Red 
as a firecracker in 20 minutes. Like wiping with insulation? Yes, and then it just keeps going with you. Yeah, you'll have the baboon taint by the end of the day. And I baboon told him what? T- baboon taint. Oh, taint. taint. Yeah, taint. Tank. Well, that too. So I told these guys I wanted to use it for a couple of weeks, and I, they called me like two months later, and I'm like, hey, I'm still in the field testing stage. I'm not going to speak too quick on this. This is serious business. I talked one of my buddies into wiping with something bad. It could be – I mean, you think about it – a lot of road rage that you see today has come from men not being clean. That's Swamp what that ass. I believe that. Yeah, anger. <laughs> Swamp Yeah, ass. I mean, that's from a guy that's got one that's just, like, leaked out, and yep. he's mad, and he's just angry. That's road rage. Just sitting in a dirty diaper. Sitting in a dirty diaper. Never seen and a happy I, that, baby in a dirty and diaper. And women driving is probably right along with side of it, dude. I just like to be issued a wiffle ball. Hey. Like when you get your driver's license, you should get a rubber bat. And everybody you see driving dumb, you should be able to bust them in the mouth. And then when you go out to eat, everybody with these swollen lips, you can be like, you can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> you can't drive. Look at them big old lips. Woo! Got stamped on the head, didn't you? Got, didn't turn that blanker off. Didn't turn that blanker off. <laughs> I'm, I'm highly offended by the woman driver comment. Oh, come on, Beck. Come on, Beck. I, I, I haul 40-foot camper across the uh, No, well, you know, Not, you're an exception. You're an exception. Yeah, you're exceptional. <laughs> hey, listen, but we kind of opened up a really interesting door because Gerald, like Mike, are probably two anglers not in the majority out there that have found non-endemic sponsors mm. within this industry, both being with Toyota. G's got his amazing wipes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Didn't you have a? Wait, wasn't there like a? Um, there was. Uh, you had like a hair a, product. Hair product. A you had candy product. or something. Who'd you have a few? I years had back? moon pie. Moon pie. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I got Mountain Dew. Yeah. yeah. You were one of the first ones to grab a, uh, a truck cap, though, from what yeah. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I like to do stuff different. I roll a little different. I seem dumb, but I'm. Is Mountain Dew because you're from Alabama? It actually, believe it or not, it was. Yeah. Uh, they went and uh, part of the description they sought out for somebody to represent the brand is they wanted a southern style person that was familiar with that brand that drank it, and it, and it actually kind of fell out of my lap that way. I mean, I, I'm like Petey Pablo. I'm drinking it, and they're paying me for it. I believe in it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> y'all don't remember that song, do you? Petey Pablo? Yeah. I'm yeah. Seagram's Gin. He said, I'm drinking it, and they're paying me for it. <laughs> I'm that now. <laughs> I do remember that song. Freak a leak. Freak a leak. Now, yeah. the non endemics, though, uh, that's where, I mean, that's where it's at. For me, that's yeah. where the real growth of the sport is and the growth of the brand. It's easier through non endemics. Absolutely. But you got to use your imagination and you got to stay outside the box. I tell uh, the young anglers, I say, man, if you put all the anglers in the same pen, we're no different than a bunch of puppies trying to eat out of the same bowl. I said, the dog that crawls out of the pen and finds somewhere else to eat is going to be the fattest. Yeah, and I said that's kind of how I see sponsorship. I don't, I don't want to just keep beating down the doors of of certain brands. I'm the guy that constantly looking outside the box, yeah. you know, networking and and looking for that off the wall. I mean, I'm thinking Playboy or something. Nah, that's dying. It's they don't even do nude girls anymore. It's just I heard that magazines. Yeah, that's the big update. Well, what the else first issue do? with non nude. I mean, yeah. let's come it's up with some off the wall non endemic. I mean, yeah. What I would, think that's where the most potential is. What would be at? the good one like? This crazy stuff. Hmm. I came up with a new business idea. What's that? The 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 Mile High Airline. Ooh. What do you mean by that? Is that new? Or like a, a Hooters swinger, airline like a Swingers airline? Yeah, but 
better. I but come better. up. For, I like come a up strip for a, club in the sky. I come up for well, a, Hooters had one. You know, well, we we have Hooters. I want to come up with a restaurant for women and call it Rooters and just have a bunch of naked men running around. Rooters. <laughs> Man, I'm just thinking that's a win-win right there. We have Hooters and Rooters. Which one y'all want to go to? Rooters. I mean, that's common sense. There you have it. And there you have it. Uh, Hooters I, and Rooters. I would like to. Yeah, I, I don't know why we don't look at like some of these. Uh, 40 and over drugs. What, what's wrong with Viagra? I mean, that would be a cool sponsor to have. Oh, uh, yeah. I think yeah, Viagra would be a good one. Yeah, I mean, I could, like, this speech on stage would be endless. Like, the competition's just getting stiffer and stiffer. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are really hard to beat. <laughs> now, dude, imagine being on stage pitching a tent and that thing. Yeah, I Whoa. mean, there it is. Now, wait a minute. Now, speaking of Viagra, I had a note here, and let me tell you, Brian DeCarpenter, dude, he. He compiles this, G. He finds shit that nobody can find. There is a note on here that he wrote. He writes a lot. About <laughs> something about where you had a Viagra feeding incident a few years back where you fed another competitor or your buddy Viagra. We fed him. Uh, we did. We fed a guy Viagra. We were. I had a buddy of mine I liked to fish with. and uh, unfortunately, professional, bro. Uh, unfortunately, now he's kind of strung out and he ain't never coming back. He would take about any pill somebody put out in front of him and... Uh, we said, we got some Viagra from a guy, and they said, the guy sold boats. We said, give us some in Viagra, and we was taking it to the lake. So we stopped out at 292 Truck Stop, bought a dirty magazine, and we were all three in the truck. What well, the dude in the middle was flipping through the magazine, and he gave them pills and told them they were like a volume or something, and he took them. <laughs> so he took like two Viagra. Oh and we're driving, to, we're driving to Smith Lake to fish, dude. And this guy's just kind of flipping through that book, and you can see this guy looking over at that magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 90 degrees that day, and he's fishing with a whole poncho rain suit on, like down to his knees. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like having to go up concealed. in the woods, and he'd come back and say, man, my head is killing me. And we've learned down that that's like the after effect of too much yeah. Your head's pounding. I'm like, ah, that's oh. wrong, man. Uh, we uh, he he retaliated. He put a rooster in that guy's attic, and he's terrified of chickens. <laughs> so he caught he caught some dude's rooster in a dip net and put him in this guy's attic. Oh, like at shit. two in the morning, this thing's like. Oh, uh, he said he's up there with a nine millimeter crawling around the rafters. There's a rooster looking at him. He's like, "Oh, they're dead." <laughs> That's a catching one. a rooster in an attic's pretty tough. That's a good one. We should have grew up in Alabama. I know. Oh, oh we, dude, we, we, used, we used to fish those little wildcatters, those like little Thursday nighters and Tuesday yeah. nighters. And we would go up there and find somebody to smoke cigarettes, and we, the guy would go over there to pay his money, and everybody then just laid their rods and reels out on the deck. Like so, we'd be like pull out like 20 foot line and take a cigarette and burn it in two and then reel back over and just lay it there and do stand up and throw just off and go out in the lake. Dude, we would pull out like 20 foot and run a bead of super glue. Dude, it jerked the whole rod out of your hand. You still, and all, uh, it was like over and over. Loosen your drag up. We did a little bit of that we too did a lot in the top rod days. Yeah. We did a little bit of that. I mean, that's Switching just, reels. You know, that, that, but honestly, dude, that's how I grew up fishing and that's where the love of the game come yeah. from. Yeah. You know, and, and people ask why you fish. I, I loved it, man. I used to go up there on Thursday night and show up in blue jeans, shorts, and tennis shoes, no shirt on, covered in sawdust. That's all I wanted to do was fish. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know about Bassmasters. I didn't have no pie dream. I just was fishing. Yeah, so that I want to get into that. So, you you know, we, we've interviewed a lot of people, and a lot of our guests have had that dream from when they were 8, 10 years old that I want to be a bass pro. 
So your your beginning wasn't like that. No. I, T- tell tell us about that. It's a little, a little bit. weird, man, because it's funny. People's like, well, wh- wh- who who's your idol growing up, or who did you look up to? And I was like, I, I didn't know any of these guys. I, I was like twenty. I want to say it was twenty one when we had uh, we got air conditioning, and twenty three when we had cable TV. And uh, I never watched the Bassmasters, man. I didn't read no Bassmaster magazine. We worked daylight to dark, man. That's all we done was work. You you had time to read, you could work. Uh, the only guy I ever seen fish was my dad, and I mean he was good. I I, I didn't know nothing about it. So my my dream was, I I just didn't have that, you know. Yeah. You 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 come from the city and you had a vision and you you very much chased it down and made it happen. I kind of just like fishing and I started fishing these little tournaments and winning money. And um, I hated framing houses, dude. It sucked. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a house framer by trade, then I'm like, if I can win money framing houses, there ain't no way. I mean, if I can win money fishing, then why should I frame houses? Yeah. I never had a plan, dude. I never knew where it was going. I started fishing little tournaments, then medium tournaments, then a little bigger tournaments, then I want a boat. I just truly never had a plan of where it was going. And then I started meeting all these people, and they're like, well, this is Kevin Van Dam, and this is Denny Breyer. And I'm like, so? I don't even know who these guys are, you know. <laughs> now I feel kind of stupid that I didn't truly know what they had done. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I, I think to a lot of kids out there, you you don't have to have that whole game plan if you yeah. just like it enough. Dude. Yeah. So funny when people look at it. It's like, so you really – Bassmasters don't like to interview me about that. And they're like, did you read Bassmasters growing up? Mm, no. No, I didn't. Didn't even watch the show. It came yeah. up in a different era. It's impossible now for someone not to know. Truly, we we didn't have we live long distance. There was distance. no internet. There no, was there was no internet. No internet. We live long distance from anyone, you know. And, and dude, I I can remember the first time I watched MTV and seen a video. I was like blown away. Uh, what but, video was it? Uh, it was one of those hairband videos. Uh, like poison. Do yes, <laughs> like a poison video. And I thought, God, oh well, are... hey, that's what Pete, Pete still listens and watches that now. So Leanne loves hairbands. Don't get her started. <laughs> yeah, she's stuck in the 80s. She'll bust a cigarette lighter out, and start waving around the air here. <laughs> bon Jovi. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah, there it is. There it goes. I, I just think it's different, man. You grow up in a different area, but uh, I, to me. I'm a little bit embarrassed sometimes when people ask me that, you know, like, who's your fishing heroes? And yeah. I was like, my dad, my grandfather. My dad, dad, my yeah. grandfather, man. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about no uh, tournament fishing. And my dad took me in. All I knew is I couldn't beat that guy in the front that was paddling the boat. So I thought he was the best in the world. Yeah. And, and now, uh, it was someone at one of my last seminars asked me, who who took you under your their wing when you come out here? And I was like... You know, Dion Hebden and, and, and Guido and Stella Hebden was very nice to me. Very, very nice to me. Uh, Denny Breyer spoke to me and people like that. But nobody really took me under their wing and said, this is the deal. You know, Matt Lee and Jordan Lee and myself were hanging out a few days last week in Florida. And they're young and, and great anglers with a huge future. But I'm looking at them going, we're talking business. I'm thinking, you have no idea that nobody rolled this out to us yeah. when you started. Nobody no. set you down and said, there was, Yeah, there was no rules. No guidelines. None. You just filled your way through it. Yeah. And now you can look at them and say, No, that's you need to do this. So uh, to me, it's uh, I feel good now passing it on. It's you rewarding know? to do it, that. It, it truly is yeah. to say, No, man, you, you can do this and you can do that and ask for this and don't be afraid to do this. But me, I just kind of fumbled my way through it. Yeah. So at what age then? Did you say to yourself, did you look in the mirror and say, I'm ready to try this. I'm ready to see if this this could be a career. I felt like at about 22 or 23, I felt like I was ready and I was kind of moving up fishing bigger tournaments and bigger tournaments. But at about 24. 
24, maybe 25, I think I fished my first Bassmaster Opens. I had fished the Jerry Ryan's, which was a draw tournament trail, yep. pretty big. We went over about six states, and I had won his championship, won his anger year, runner-up anger year twice, and then runner-up his championship again. I had won like five boats in a year and a half, and I was like, I'm ready for this. And I can remember signing up my first two BSS was uh, uh, Clayton. We fished out of Clayton on St. Lawrence yeah. and then to Potomac. And I, back then we fished boater on boater. Yeah, like draw three, tournaments. Yeah, I had like 300 dudes in there, and I, I, I wrapped up a solid at like 291 and 297. I kicked them down. You talking about a long <laughs> drive home. I can remember sleeping in my truck driving home from Potomac at a truck stop thinking, man, you drove a long way with some big hopes. Yeah. You know, and you got blistered. And and the problem with this sport is there ain't no coach, man. I'm just sleeping at some rest area going, boy, you suck. <laughs> I had never fished for smallmouth. I had never fished for tidal water. Yeah. I didn't even know what it meant. Yeah. I thought the water just ran that way all the time. And then it turned around and come the other way. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> It's like something's happening, you know, and I didn't I didn't know how to get help. I didn't know nothing, man. And then uh, I can remember taking still believing in myself. And the very next one was like at Lake Gaston. And I finished like second and then went to uh, Lanier and finished like fourth. And then that truly gave me that that you can do this moment, you know. But if you if your kids out there listening, if you think you're going to come out here and just set the water on fire and beat people down. Yeah. It, it ain't like that, man. You're going to have some bad finishes, and you're yeah. going to have to kind of pick all your little pieces up. Yeah. it's it, it's a, We've talked about this before on the show, and, and Brian DeCarver, I want to get you to chime in on this. Uh, you know, it's we have a lot of young kids that watch the show. We've got a lot of high school, college-level kids, and they're aspiring. They're watching the show tonight. They're looking at the success that you've had in your career. They want this jumpsuit. They want they want they want the jumpsuit. They want yeah. the socks. The ladies <laughs> dig the jumpsuit. They, 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 they want to sit with their legs crossed. They want to sit with their legs crossed. They want the whole thing. <laughs> Quiet, Dave. Quiet. Well done, Dave. Uh, and seriously, we have this conversation like we almost at some point you feel bad about inspiring young kids because of how tough it is to get into the sport. Do, do you ever feel like that? Yeah, do you feel I, bad about aspiring young people to make this jump because of how tough it is in the environment? I, I, I do and I don't. I want them to be able to experience uh, what you and I have to certain, you know, to see that. And, I, I, you know, I've been blessed, dude, but when I go speak to high school and college kids, I, I'm probably not the guy you want in there singing Kumbaya and holding hands with them because I'll tell you straight up, life ain't fair. Yeah, you know, and if you think you coming to get some free milk, it ain't out there for sale anymore. Life don't owe you nothing, and you ain't gonna get nothing. And if you think you big enough to play with the big boys, come on, because they'll take everything you got and send you home. Yeah, you that's right. That they waiting <laughs> yeah. on folks like you. Yep. Sign up. I mean, they serving <laughs> humble pie and washing it down with shut up juice at every yep. way in. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to come out and experience this, but I want you to understand life's not fair. And you got to be willing to work to get sponsors. And, and so sometimes when I go speak to high schools, the parents are like, whoa, that's a little deep. But no, dude, be willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Quit saying what the world owes you and get out there it's and work. It's better that they know early. Yeah. Than- I, tell, I, tell, I tell them, I said, I, I worry about the guy when I played football and stuff. You worry about the guy that got to the gym and turned the lights on and worked out when nobody was looking. You didn't worry about the guy that worked out just when coach was there. You worried about the guy that was running when nobody else was running. So fishing, you worry about the guy that's fishing when ain't nobody else fishing. Yeah. When he's fishing and when it, when when there ain't no fishing to do, he's thinking about it. So I said, if you're that guy, you can pave the way for what you want to do. But if you come out to this sport thinking that it's going to be an easy road, 
they look at Mike Iaconelli and they watch this show or skeet, and it's like, man, those guys are living the dream. Let me tell you something, brother. They cut the wood to get there. I mean, they 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 have paved a long road. So don't. I'm not telling you you can't make it. I want them all to make it. Yeah. Just don't think it's going to be easy. And and I get really pissed because I see young kids now that don't want to make any sacrifice. Yeah. You know, you could beat them down one time and they're done. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Bounce yeah. back, dude. Grind, grind. Is that grind. a generational thing? You think it is? Because we we talk. We've we've had Becky and I and Dave. We've all had this conversation. Do you think the younger generation in general? They don't want to work as hard for, you know, to yeah, get there. Yeah, I think I think society has 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 made it easier for people to survive doing less, you know, and uh, it's the same as the parents that go to the small pee wee football games and say, oh, I don't think we should have a scoreboard. I think we should just all play for a trophy. That's bull crap. <laughs> Put your scoreboard up there. You need to know that you suck. Yeah. You need to know that you're good. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that whole. Everybody, it's all hearts and butterflies. That's kind of what's got that generation a little softer. Where the, uh, and I'm inspired, dude. When I see young kids, and I and I and my wife will tell you, I have a I have a really soft spot in my heart for people and the kids that I'm around that you watch grind it out. Yeah. They don't really have the sources, but they want to do it and grind it out. I mean, I kind of gravitate to that because yeah. uh, there's a lot of days when. I don't think nobody will ever know, even if you write 20 books, I don't think anybody will ever truly know what Ike, the self-doubt you might have had at some times in your life, that your wife might not have ever seen. Oh, yeah. Where you sit there and think, am I man enough to keep this up? Oh, dude. I can, I can rem- literally remember 50, 100, 1,000 times early on, invitational days, federation days, driving back from a tournament, thinking... What the fuck am I doing? Yep. What am I doing out here? But at some point, something pushes you to keep going, right? You're just that's, driven, man. That's You're, the difference. I, I don't understand how to explain that drive. I walked off a job site, and my uncle was one of the, one of the guys that kind of told me I couldn't do it. You know, and we're sitting around a burn fire uh, on a break one morning. He's like, "Dude, you, I done went and fished two opens, and I'd gotten drilled." And he, he couldn't wait to tell me when I come back and put that nail apron on that I told you so. I told you, them boys are better than you. You ain't, it takes money. Yeah. And I tell Leanne, and I was like, some mornings I can still hear his voice in the background at Chesapeake Bay when I ain't on nothing. I can hear him going, I told you you couldn't do it. Yeah. And I told you, and I, I think that's just that stuff. I don't know if it's the demons that drive you that you're like, I can do this. At all costs, I'm going to fish and succeed at one level or another. Yeah. Yeah, you had to have the drive, uh, Miss Rebecca. We got some IMs coming through. Really interesting um, kind of segue question from Chris. You guys talk a lot about high school and college age kids making it in the sport, but do you think someone in their late thirties, forties can start out and make it as a pro? That's a great question, and I'd say yes because it's been done. In yes. fact, it's been done recently. I think if you look at Randall Tharp, yeah, it's the one that names popped up. Great example, Boyd Duckett, Duckett yeah. is yeah. a great example. It's a great example when you have a million dollars. Well, that's up, true. Too. Let's not get crazy with that's Boyd true. Duckett. <laughs> speaking of speaking right. of Duckett, that's true. do you think um, would you consider Duckett like the David Koresh of uh, bass fishing? <laughs> <laughs> well, or, he is at Lake or, Gunnersville or, now. Of, or of Gunnersville. Yeah, I think yeah. he owns yeah. the whole town, yeah. doesn't he? He's got a compound. I'll tell you. I that. mean, how how soon before the feds step in there? I don't know. Probably probably in a few months. They called Duck and all his boys Yal Qaeda. 
<laughs> Y'all got him. Y'all got him. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a lot of stuff going on in Guntersville. Yeah, he's got, he's a, got a real estate business. He's got a tackle uh, store. A militia. A boat a boat shop. A <laughs> marina. It's a lot like our house, honey. We got two dogs and me and you. We got a group. We'll break it down. I think he's hired Randy Howell, too, at yeah. this point. So I, I think... I, on a, on a note of that, Beck, I think when I watch Fishman and Study, you see most guys go through the peak of their career when you see them fish the cleanest and the best. The most dominating runs is usually always in their 40s, right at the early 40 mark to mid 40s. I can remember Denny's. I can remember Ike's. I can remember Skeet's. I can remember different runs when guys have these runs. And most of them are late 30s, pushing early 40s before they settle in, and they're able to do that. So I think college and, and young kids can come in and make it. But I think the older you get, the more material you get at being able to handle the pressure. But would you say, I mean, all those guys you just listed, how many years had they been a pro until they had that run? I mean, who uh, who comes out with that run at the beginning? Don't many. Don't no. many come out with that run. No. So it takes some time to, to settle it's a, in. It's a three- or four-year plan at least. So, I mean, yeah. there's there's nothing, you know, holding back that 30, 40-year-old guy. Absolutely not. I, I don't think at 50, nothing holds them back. This is a sport where uh, age doesn't doesn't discriminate. And, you know, uh, 50 seems good to me. I think the 50s, what did they say on the TV last night, honey, for ladies, 60 is the new 40? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> uh-huh. You like that? 60 is the new 40. 60 is new 40. Yeah, yeah. so that means you and I are new 20s. 20s. Wow. Yeah. Or we're married to 20s. What's it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's not near as old as I am, so. I'm still sticking with 29. 29. All right, uh, Brian Carpenter, I think uh, you queued me up. I think what we're going to do right here is listen to me. Uh, it's an amazing show so far. Stick around with us. We're going to take a small break. We've got to pee. We've got to refresh our drinks. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking to G. We're going to dive into the Delanar The Delanar River. River. The Delanar River. We're <laughs> yeah. going to talk about your Walmart boots. And we're yes. also going to about... Uh, talk about rooming with the Lee twins yeah. when oh. we come back. Oh, do I have a story. Hang yes, in there. <laughs> when we come back, more with Gerald Swindle, Ike Live. We'll be right back. Gerald has a big pooping fetish, I don't know if you'd call it that. He's 